Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, trying her mostest, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. Okay, hi, welcome. I'm in. I mean, I want to say sunny Vancouver, but it's looking a little cloudy today. Yeah. I'm in British Columbia, and I am sitting with... Okay, can I just be honest? I always call you SSS Samantha. Everyone does. Do Everyone they? Everyone does, yeah. <laughs> can you explain where the all the S's came from? Um. Okay, I have a snake. Oh. Not anymore. Oh, okay. But um, so Well, I still have it, but it's at my parents' house. So it's not in the home. It's not in the home. What's the snake's name? Tang. Okay. I just like sometimes when there's a snake name like Peter. <laughs> and I'm just like, that makes sense. Um, and we're also sitting here with Alyssa. Hello. Tell me how you guys are like a thing because I'm so excited. I just was on your podcast called Approachable. Yes. We just went through some major deep dives of things. We did. We cried. Tears were had. <laughs> Tears were had. I'm so sorry. I tend to do that. I did that to an Uber driver once. I don't realize that I'm... <laughs> I don't realize the power sometimes that I have. Like, I feel like I'm such like a loosey-goosey, silly person. And then every once in a while, I get into these deep dive conversations. And I was, this Uber driver was driving me in LA. And it was like two hours in traffic. And we we're sitting there and we're talking about life and, and all this stuff. And I said to him, like, I wish somebody had told me that I didn't have to have it all together. That like life could really work out. That even when it like crumbles down to its foundation, that we can like rebuild a stronger one. And that we can like, really rise out of these ashes of our former life. <laughs> and he's just go silent. And I'm like, oh. And then like nothing happens. And I see him do this. Then he's like. I feel like you were supposed to be in my Uber today. And I was like, oh, okay. He's like wiping also, a tear away. I know. And I like get out of the car and I was like, I gave him a hug because I like didn't know what else to do. And and then I was like, I said to my boss, I'm like, I just made the Uber driver cry. She's like, what did you do? And I'm like, I think I just gave an inspirational speech I didn't mean to do. I just love a deep conversation. But we really did that on yours. So how do you guys know each other? Tell me this story. Okay, so <laughs> take her away. I met, well, yeah, I met Sam in a social studies class uh, for the Americans, what they call it just social, right? History. History. Um, and so I was sat next to Sam and we got paired up as like you meet and greet partner type of situation. And um, we kind of just clicked right away. Like I was, I was obsessed with her. <laughs> I, I, was she already online? 
No. no. Oh. I was just This I, is way back. She's very exciting. She's <laughs> It's very exciting she's to very, She's very exciting. I just the humor, the beauty, the grace, it's oh, all that. Wow. Um Look at this. But yeah, so we met and we were also in the same acting class. And so it was kind of like a double You were in acting class? Yeah. No wonder you're so great on YouTube. <laughs> this is making sense. Okay, go on. And we kind of just like formed this friendship over the course of our high school career and we stayed in touch after high school as well and then um, every time that she had like I would say like a really big event with um, her social media and stuff like that I would be there and so I feel like we kind of kept meeting up um, and always stayed friends but obviously we drifted a little bit and then recently in October I moved into her home and I will never leave. Stop (laughs) it you guys live together. That's like my dream life. (laughs) I almost like so when my best friend and I met I was like I was working as a bar server she was also there and she was like very much what you described meeting Sam like I just like first of all I looked at her and I was like how does anybody have eyebrows like that like she was just like this beautiful human and I was like and then she was nice and I was like what like how is this a thing like beautiful people can be kind like (laughs) I don't know I just had bad experiences and so I really didn't understand so we kind of met and I was like so obsessed with her and then I was going through this divorce and then I met my husband and and well, like we worked together, so we were hanging out. So when we were dating, I'm we kind of third wheeled because I'm like I'm not picking. Like we're doing this together. <laughs> so we third, and she's so good about it because she's like loved third wheeling, and we still kind of do that where we still have dinners and stuff together. But there was like a hot second of a moment where she almost moved in with us, or like it moved in with me, and then like my husband lived like down the street, so we were gonna be like three's company, um, but real life and. <laughs> then she moved in with her boyfriend, so it didn't happen. Uh, so this is like, uh, this is what I would like. Yeah, it actually worked out really great. We were, a lot of people were like, mm, is this a good idea? And we were nervous about it kind of, I think, too. We were like, is this, is it? I don't know. But it's been, it's been awesome. Do you guys like watch like reality TV and stuff together and like just sit on the couch and unfortunately, Sam, I don't think shares the same love of cable as I do. I don't have cable. <laughs> Okay, well, I I need like I love cable so much, but I, Sam, like we prefer to do errands together. Yeah, okay, we do, we do a lot of pr- productive things actually yeah. together. So, yeah. do you work together now as well? Like well, besides the podcast? Uh, no, I wouldn't just say the really. Podcast. Yeah, because I'm an aspiring actor and Sam has no interest. So, <laughs> so. she's kind of busy. Yeah, but she did actually. <laughs> she yeah yeah she's like just chilling at home um but she did take me to my audition for my principal agent so I guess so and oh. I did get it Woo. yeah what's that mean um so, <laughs> like congrats but what yeah so this is my podcast now yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with this I don't care you don't need to have a two million followers for me to want to hear your story sorry Sam and that's a good it. message um yeah so a, a background agent is where you do background work so you know like extras who like cross the street and stuff like that or in friends they're like sitting in the background drinking coffee thanks for the friends reference you're welcome mm-hmm. um those are i feel like we have a lot in common <laughs> those are um background workers and so you have a background agent for that and you kind of get like <laughs> treated like shit and also don't get paid very much right but um can i swear on your podcast of course sorry not? <laughs> and um principal agents are the ones who get you uh like speaking roles or like in commercials or tv shows uh movies stuff like that so it's just, and you get obviously more money 
per project and stuff like that. So your star is on the rise. Yeah. Um, We're manifesting it. If you wanted a signature before you left, I wouldn't say no. Oh. <laughs> just kidding. I love this. Okay. So uh, to be honest, Sam, I followed you for a really long time, but very superficially. Like, That's okay. No, I, I'm okay with it because you're really freaking pretty and you do makeup really well. And that's, I'm I'm okay with the fact that I followed you for those things. <laughs> um, I found you on, we were just were talking about this. I found you on Pinterest, like back in your silver hair days when I was like aspiring to have silver hair and then I did it as well, but more like purple, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> but I want to hear, it, okay, first of all, in the last year, things have shifted for you and it kind of woke me up to a lot of like the deeper levels of who you are. And that's been really fun, but I kind of actually have no idea what your origin story is. Mm. Like, how the heck did you get into this? How the heck did it all happen? Alyssa is going to be, Alyssa's heard this story so many times. She's like, I I can recite this. No, I never get sick of hearing it. (laughs) So, okay. So uh, when I was in high school, I started getting really, I was always like an artist kind of growing up Mm -hmm. and stuff into like drawing and painting. And then uh, when I was in high school, I started getting really into makeup artistry. Um, And then two weeks after I graduated, I moved to Vancouver from Kelowna. So it's like a four-hour difference kind of thing. Uh, Moved to Vancouver and immediately went into makeup school. I was a working makeup artist, so I worked at MAC on and off. Um, I was freelancing and stuff like that, doing like fashion shows, hair shows, uh, photo shoots, different stuff like that. And then I was working at this like little boutique makeup store. Mm Mm-hmm. And I ended up getting fired from my job there. And Why? when, oh, it's such a long story. But, okay, you don't have but to tell basically it. Basically, it was just, uh, it was a really like crappy workplace. Yeah. And I, um, I always kind of had problems with the management. And then at one point, they were like talking really poorly about another one of our employees. And I stood up for her and I was yeah. standing up for what was going on, basically. And then I got fired the next day. Um, so, I mean, real life. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so at that time I was at, um, 2000 followers on Instagram and I was just kind of like playing around with it basically. How long would this have been? It was almost six years ago. Okay. Yeah. So really early stages of Instagram and social media in that platform. It was not, um, it was not anything like what it is now. Mm -hmm. Like if you had a hundred thousand followers, that was like, you were big fish. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was insane. Um, and so I had 2000 followers at the time and, and I, um, I was living with my parents and I was just saying to them, like, I was like, I really feel like this is like becoming an industry and people are making money off this. And I just, I want to try and figure out how, um, can I just take the month to try and like figure this out? And if it doesn't work, then I'll just like go back to work or whatever. And they were like, okay, sure. Begrudgingly. (laughs) They weren't, they weren't amped about it, but they were like, sure, whatever. So, um, I took that month and then at the end of that month, I was at 10,000 followers. And at the end of that year, I was at a million. Holy crap. but it just, it, it was just, honestly, like, it was a really, really good time for me to be getting in because mm-hmm. it was such a smaller group of influencers at the time. Yes. And the Explore page was so different. Like, everyone had the same Explore page at, the, at that time. Yeah. So everyone would log on to the same person. So if you, if you were on the Explore page, like, that was just massive. So it was really easy to grow. Um, and that's how I got started and I've never left. I think that's so important to talk about too, because there have been changes and there, it is not the same as what it used to be. And I think it's also our behavior around it too. It used to be that we stepped on it and we only followed like the people we went to high school with or a couple different people. And suddenly we're like, oh, I get to follow this random person. I don't even follow people I know. I'm like, no, that's such an awkward experience when you're doing that. Um, but yeah, like you, you go on and I think we got really like, like happy and we just like follow, 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 follow. Like we created who we wanted to follow and 
and it was like systematic at that time so you could scroll through and see everybody's posts and you knew when you got to the end of all the people you wanted to see and then things change and they shifted and you realize like following a thousand people is actually a lot of work so now we really hold on to the people that we follow yeah but because you were so early on in it people kind of like invested oh, I, I got feel. my hooks in I got my hooks in. you early. got your hooks in so <laughs> you went from that when did YouTube start for you so I probably started on YouTube um, like maybe a year-ish after Instagram kind okay. of Okay. Because a lot of people were asking for it. But I, I didn't really commit commit mm-hmm. and t- to YouTube until like the past like year, maybe two years. And you're close to a million subscribers on there as well. You're getting there. You're getting there. Yeah. I know. It's funny. I was reading um, this kind of going into my next question because I one thing I really love and respect about you is kind of like your honesty and grit about the industry. Okay. It is one of those things that people don't want to talk about. Yeah. I don't know why. It's such a growing industry too. So I don't understand quite why we're so secretive about it or why there's shame around, you know, I, I read this thing recently that was like, oh, um, sometimes we disregard like quote unquote the influencer lifestyle and like what they're doing because we're we don't recognize like women have always been capable of being really creative and how they earn an income and this whole platform has basically been built and kind of um cultivated by women who have been using their creativity in their own homes in their own personal talents and sharing them with the world finding the people that connect with it and like creating an baseline income out of it and it looks very diverse for everyone but you kind of got like you spoke out on it a little bit I actually read this article (laughs) about you in Vanity Fair I don't even know when it came out but it talked about how like your honesty around it why was that so important to you uh I think um I think because I I just I really believe it's like everyone is is kind of guided by their values Yes. And my like biggest value is just like doing what I think is right. Mm-hmm. And so that's how my parents have always been. That's how I was kind of raised and stuff like that. And for me, I just didn't feel like there was any need to be secretive about it. I didn't feel like there was any reason why, um, you know, we shouldn't be honest about the fact that we were getting paid, that we were getting sponsorships, because that also, you know, that that lends to this idea that we shouldn't be paid for our work when that's never the case like there's no one that should be working and not being paid so you know I didn't want to you know give any more power to that idea either um and and I think for me at the end of the day this this is new Mm -hmm. this industry kind of grew around influencers and and this business is still you know it's still having all the pieces of it put together and because of that when you watch TV, you know you're watching a, a commercial. Mm-hmm. You know it's an ad. You know it's someone trying to sell you something. But people don't know that when they go on Instagram. They're not as conscious and as aware that that they're seeing a lot of advertisements and stuff like that. And and again, it's just, to me, I feel like you're doing right by your followers if you're able to be transparent and be like, hey, sponsored, whatever kind of thing. And you're also reinforcing that idea that like, yeah, you're you're doing a job. You're doing a job and you deserve to be doing it. And yeah. I found for me, it was it was very isolating. Um, and I didn't realize how much brands would take advantage of like your influence as oh. well. I mean, it was a struggling single mom. Um, I shouldn't say struggling. Like I was in a season of like, it was hard. It was harder. Yeah. Like there wasn't a lot of money coming in. And I had this platform that was growing and I felt really taken advantage of by brands who were just like, we'll give you $100 to like post this. And I didn't understand. To me, it felt like I needed this. This was like something that would help me. And I was so like um, indebted to like indebted to the brands themselves instead of recognizing and honoring the fact that like they are so lucky to have 
this ability to come and tap into my community and audience. I saw it more like I can get paid and less of like, how can I actually utilize the influence that I already naturally have into something that can be an honest way of influencing. And I think there is such a difference, especially like, you know, I was asked to do some really shady stuff as well. And there's some things that like, I definitely took on stuff that reflectively, I think many of us feel when you feel like a little bit gross about it. Yeah. And you're just like, I think we've all been there and you realize it's not really worth it. Yeah. And, but not everybody always has that, like, they're not always at that same point and curve. But the disclosure part's like really important. And a lot of times people, even like, they don't understand, like, many of us can't actually afford the real lifestyles that we're projecting. It's more just like, we're reviewing stuff. So when you're reviewing stuff, of course we have like a ridiculous amount of like free things that come in. And there's one beauty blogger that I follow, um, the blonde man. She's in Toronto. Ugh. Do you love her? I love her. I, I love, love her. her. But she's so like, this is something I would actually rebuy. Like this is like yeah. the things I'm going to rebuy this month. These are the things that I'm going to like invest in. And she's very big on like disclosure as well around like the hashtag gifted. And when you first started seeing that around, people were like, wait, what? Like, what does mm-hmm. that even mean? Like you're gifted? Like, no, no, no. This was <laughs> gifted. You need to, people need to understand like that we're not just like constant consumers and making a million dollars and doing all these things. No, brands are sending you things. They're sending you things on the off chance that you might use them or expose them a little bit and at the same time like we're honoring that influence I tell my kids all the time if you have one friend and you went and talked to them about this new Lego set you had guess what you just influenced like that's what you did so to degrade the the fact that like you've built something on an authentic talent or creativity and then take it and be like you shouldn't be paid for this well then we don't get the 99% of what you and I do or all these other millions of people in the world who are doing it we don't get all that free stuff like we don't get the free makeup I wouldn't know how to do my makeup if it wasn't for makeup tutorials on YouTube my child is like so freaking talented in doing like all the cosplay stuff because she has like the ability to tap into a source like she didn't get to go through the awkward blue eyeliner phase that I went through in grade (laughs) seven and they should it's a it's a rite of passage they should do a little bit of stuff like they got it uh I think they just pick up a dream Matt Moose at the very least like No, do you remember? Oh my god. Oh, I couldn't forget. No, do you remember the All May? Um, it started as like a white cream. Oh, the and smart then, shade. The, the smart, smart shade. shade. I never oh. tried it. Did it work? I never no. understood the color matching things. We're just never. I think it just went to a color me. when it oxidized. Yeah, it just. I think that was the chemical reaction. It was just oh like orange. My Everything was orange. It was a lot. I don't know. It's like such a thing. I don't know. I really appreciate that. I think that it was funny when I was reading this article about you, they were calling you like gritty and outspoken. And I was like, or maybe she's just telling the truth. Like maybe yeah. that that's reality too. So I think it's like a double, it's a double-edged sword. On the one side, we want people to be more supported in this community. We want people to understand that it's okay to like empower that fellow woman that you follow online to be okay with them earning an income, yeah. doing what you you know, want them to be doing because you're benefiting from it. And at the same time, giving that disclosure around like, hey, like I actually can't afford this vacation like real life. Like this was sent to me or I'm going on this from, you know, this gift from a different company. Like there's a lot, there's a benefit to both sides, but you're right. Like there's not a lot of like, there's, it's not like a normal ad. We're not just like suddenly seeing like, you know, a Dasani commercial in the middle of our Friends episode. It's like a totally different thing. Actually, if you rewatch Friends, like, it's so funny they were totally sponsored by Dasani at one point because they stop like mid-sentence and will like take a swig of it and you remember like when advertising struggled um they started to go into like new realms of like how can we survive like how can we like as brands how do brands survive 
in a space where we are not we're not watching commercials anymore. So they started getting really really creative as well. So they from streaming now they have like product placement and there's product placement in shows and stuff that we watch on Netflix. And then now when you go on Facebook you have to scroll and you see like every once in a while you see like an ad of something and the same thing kind of happens on Instagram like the brands need to survive as well. And with one really cool thing that I think is amazing about the social media impact is a lot of smaller brands are Ugh, getting like so much exposure that they that they so normally much. wouldn't or they'd normally have to pay so much to get there yeah and they're able to kind of like if somebody has a platform in which they're like hey like I got this you know romper from smash and test in Vancouver like they've kind of blown up from just like gifting to certain people that have worn them and reposted it and everyone's like holy crap those rompers look comfortable and now they're like this huge 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 brand in Canada I don't even yeah. know if they are in other parts of the world but I mean I just think it's like such a fascinating relationship and and there's a lot of threatening feelings around sharing that information too as if there's like not enough pie to go around when we all know like the pie is just getting bigger so it's totally okay to like share with somebody how the heck you can do this yeah well and it's interesting too because I've actually um a lot of the times I get backlash for being forthcoming about it even Mm. though people are demanding that more and more people are wanting that transparency but when I am being transparent a lot of people are like well you sure think you're holier than thou and I'm like no uh, no I it's literally the exact opposite I'm just trying to make this more transparent so that you guys don't have the wrong impression of what's going on and you guys can see it for what it is 100% now there's also a lot of FDA guidelines around it now too that require us to put that hashtag ad or hashtag spawn in it so that we show that you know it is something that's being paid so I'm glad that the industry is kind of catching up in the sense of making sure disclosure happens but there's definitely a long way to go and I appreciate that you've kind of been part of that honesty but kind of speaking in the realm of honesty um, one thing that you've done in the last year and you made an announcement about it which was interesting because it made everyone kind of like wake up to it I think as well Um, you stopped body editing yeah can you kind of go through where what inspired you to that decision and how has it been for you so okay I was actually it was inspired um, from a conversation that I was having with Alyssa um, because we were talking about how all the time we look back at um, old photos of ourselves and we're like oh like I looked so good then my body was perfect like I had such like my waist was so much smaller like I'd lost so much weight whatever without remembering that we had edited that photo and so we were looking back to a time where and we talked about this on on our podcast a little bit you know we were looking back to a time being like oh I was so perfect then but we weren't happy then like we weren't proud of our bodies we weren't impressed and that's why we were editing them and so I think that for me it got to a point where I was like you know I'm I'm tired of feeling like I'm I'm comparing myself to a body I never had Mm. and I wasn't happy then anyways yeah so it doesn't matter and and I wanted to do it more so for myself because I I do think it's important I think I think it's important to have that personal journey of being like okay like I need to just accept this because this is my only body like this is the only body I'm ever going to get so I mean I can do everything in my power to change it as much as I want to change it but am I going to be happy still probably not so I'd rather be happy now and know that through all the ebbs and flows of what my body will become over time I I started to accept myself earlier rather than later and how has it been in response oh it's scary (laughs) is it scary yeah do you have a lot of male followers um, not a ton. They're about okay. 25% now. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, which is more than I ever had. Like, I used to have more, like, seven. Um, but I 
it, it, it is scary. It's scary for me because like I still don't accept my body. So to, to put it out there and yeah. basically be like, here you go kind of thing. And it's, and it's hard for me even to, you know, because I know on your page, you have so many people being like, wow, like you're so inspiring. I feel so much better about my body. When I get comments like that, I'm almost like hurt by it. Yeah. Cause it, it's like still like a sore spot almost. Yeah. And like, there's people that have messaged me being like, oh, like, you know, I think we're similar weights. And like, I always feel so gross, but like now I feel better. And I'm like, but that doesn't make me feel better. You know, like that doesn't make me feel because first of all, I feel like you're putting me on a pedestal now Mm -hmm. of being this person for you to look to. But secondly, I'm like, you know, (laughs) you're basically saying that you don't think you look good, but I, but you think I look like you. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've always felt crap about myself and then I saw somebody like you and now I feel better about myself. And you're like, wait, what? Like, (laughs) was that a compliment sandwich? Like, I don't even know what happened. Yeah. Um, Very relatable. Hear that very much. Um, It's also, do you get people who kind of dismiss it and say like, you don't have, like, you're not valid. Like you have a dream body. Like, I think that's, that's initially one of the things that I'll be fully honest about like I think that when you kind of shared some of those struggles I was like what like how like you're so perfect but it kind of removes that validation of who cares if I think it was perfect if you didn't feel that that's still valid and that's something you were going through have you found that like people are kind of dismissive about your experience as well yeah I definitely feel like that's been part of it of people being like well like you're still like white and skinny and blonde and whatever kind of thing and you know and it's like I I do understand because I also sometimes look at other people and I I feel the same thing like we we had recorded a a body like image podcast that we actually ended up scrapping because we knew that you were gonna come on um (laughs) But in that, I talked about, uh, you know, Jamila Jamil. Oh, love her. Um, I love her too. But, you know, like I look at her and I'm like, this is so, it's it's so hard almost to hear from yeah. you because you are so perfect and you're a model and you're so skinny. And like, you know, even when you're trying to be relatable, it almost miss it like misses the mark for me because it's just so far from from what I feel like my struggles look like. Yes. And, and for me, like, that's how people are going to perceive me as well, because they're like, you're so far from what my struggles look like and so on and so forth. Um, and there was also like a group of people that were like, oh, OK, so you got rich and famous, so to speak, from editing your body. And now that it's cool to be relatable, you're going to stop. Yeah. <laughs> and that kind of like takes away your journey and your experience through how much social media has truly changed and like the yeah. the fabric of it has changed. And I think when you look at someone, um, the reason why I love, I never can say her name and I feel like you just said it like Jam- Jamila Jamil. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. I think that's right. Um, it's not like SSS Samantha. Um, <laughs> not quite as easy. It doesn't quite roll easy. off the tongue the same way. I didn't realize it was a Samantha. <laughs> I would just feel like SSS Samantha. Okay. But the one thing I do like about her is the fact that like she does, and, and I think I have to tap into this a little bit too. There is part of us that I think we understand the fact that yes, we are white and blonde and privileged because we live in thin bodies. And therefore there is somewhat like with privilege, it often becomes very uncomfortable because you're like, do I get to talk about fat bodies? Do I get to talk about women of color am I allowed to this is very uncomfortable for me so I the one thing I do really like about Jamila is that she speaks for all and I think it is sometimes hard hearing it from someone like her because you're just like at first I felt like wait what like you look so perfect what are you talking about like how do you she talks about like not dieting and not going to the gym and I was like like must be nice like because that's (laughs) like our internal is like oh great so I'm just gonna like struggle to like maintain like a medium body and you can just like do nothing and be a size small but it, it goes right back through to that um that thinness and like that 
um, celebrating of like that certain size and that certain shape and like that different body and how that one must be better than ours because ours is different. And yeah, I, I learned so much around like the whole privilege thing because I felt so uncomfortable about it. And now I'm like, it's, I feel like it's, a, I'd, I'd rather be uncomfortable and be a little bit wrong than not say or acknowledge it at all because yes there is a there is a huge part of like the reason a lot of people in the body positive space are being accepted is because they're still then identifying yeah and one thing I think that's so crazy is when we start to actually look into the fashion industry and why we have such such body dysmorphia because like a size six woman is plus size well, yeah. what does that say to a plus size woman when she's seeing a size six girl wearing her clothes in the ads? And what does that say to the size six girl who's literally every single time she sees her picture, she's like, oh, I look plus size. Well, of, like, and why is that even like a negative thing? Like you start to just like, what, 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 what? like it just becomes super crazy. So, I mean, it's so, it's so interesting watching you kind of like go through this journey. It was funny because I remember when you posted one of these pictures and somebody actually, it was a dude and he made like a negative comment on it and I've never been so effing mad (laughs) I was just like oh frig I was like how could you even I don't even know what they said to you but it like you had been so clear about the fact that you weren't editing your body it was such a beautiful photo and I think you were like in red lingerie and I mean it was just like to every single eye I think looking at it and here was like this man coming on to be like oh you don't look like what I wanted you to anymore like Mm -hmm. come on how do you like has that been in terms of like I suffer a lot from like social media anxiety as much as I love the platform and I think it's amazing, negative comments can really take a toll. Oh my god! Oh, of course. Do of they course. still hurt you? Oh my god! Yeah, of course. Like I, I think that now, um, physical kinds of comments don't bother me that much because I'm like, okay. you got nothing on my own freaking yeah. internal. I'm like, don't yes, worry, girl. Like, <laughs> like it's like you know, like you, you aren't going to say anything that I haven't thought about my own body, and like I've been going through this journey anyways. Um, so for me, like, I, I have a harder time when people attack my integrity or my intentions. Right. Because you're questioning my character then, which which I I, I take ser- very seriously. Like, As you, you know, should. that's that's a huge part of my my career. And, and honestly, like, I pay for the fact that I choose to have integrity every day. Oh, yeah. You, you think <laughs> I can't even – I, like, turn down random things. I can't even imagine what you must turn down in terms, like, like – almost because understanding that like your integrity at the end of the day is what's going to help you sleep at night like well and and it, and you know it is what people come to expect from me I mean there's the people that are always going to think that I'm not I that I have no integrity and that's that's fine but the people that do know me mm-hmm. they know that that's who I am so for me I'm like it's not really worth any amount of money for me to do something that I wouldn't genuinely to, to promote a product I wouldn't genuinely use right or whatever um, but going back to negative comments, I remember when I was quite young, like this was in the very, very beginning of my career. I was about probably 19 or 20. Um, and I, I, for the longest time, I had a really hard time without, uh, like with not wearing makeup. And I would like, even when I was having sleepovers with like Alyssa or like boyfriends and stuff like that, I would sleep like with like full, like Were you like the Kristen Wiig and bridesmaid where she'd get up and do her makeup and be like, no, I wouldn't even do my makeup. And like, I would go to sleep like this with full makeup on. Like I would sleep with my lashes on and stuff like that. And then I would get up and touch it up. But like, I would never let anybody see me without makeup. Um, And, and even like when, like this went into my twenties, like I, I would, if when I was moving in with boyfriends and stuff like that I would still go to bed with foundation on and like contour really yeah because I was just I was so self-conscious about it and um and I remember the one day I was getting all these comments being like I wish I look like you I wish I look like you and I felt 
guilt around it and so I was like I'm gonna post like a before and after of like my face without makeup my face with makeup and my heart was literally racing oh, like yeah. I could cry just thinking about it because I was so terrified to post this photo and I did not I was it was not a photo where I was like yeah I look good in the before like I was embarrassed I was yeah. embarrassed of the before I posted this photo and it, it received really good feedback and then somebody took that and posted it onto like a men's humor page on Facebook <gasps> and they were like oh um like can you imagine going to bed with the right and waking up with the left kind of thing? Oh my gosh. And I was so devastated because like all the comments were just like all of these people like ripping into, and I really like, I do not care about like male opinion whatsoever. Like at I know, all. But that's still just like, it was horrible because I was like, you know, it took me so much to, to post that. And that was meant for my audience. That mm-hmm. was meant to be posted in context for my audience to be something that I was doing to be like, don't, don't say that you wish you looked like me when you don't even know what I look like. Like you're not even, you know, like don't worry about it. Don't don't think that like Yeah. You did I'm it to some... kind of like to protect your character a little bit there and like show that that integral side and like that yeah. realism to around it all. Like and I don't like I I actually really love that about you but and now you've gotten obviously a lot more comfortable with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now it's like very real. How is um like in terms of like your growth and stuff like that and stuff, do you find that that's been a positive twist to be able to share a lot of that, a lot more people relating to maybe your cosmetic artistry or anything like that because they understand now that you maybe didn't wake up as a flawless human? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, it's it's been positive for myself to kind of get more comfortable with seeing my bare face, with like letting other people see my bare face and stuff like that. Like, And that's been something that's been really um, liberating because now I'm not embarrassed to go leave my house without makeup on and stuff like that. I don't care anymore. And and that has been like it, it was honestly like it sounds ridiculous, but like it was like debilitating at one point because it was just yeah. so time consuming to be constantly worried. Like I couldn't go to the beach and like swim without having my full bag of makeup there because I was going to touch up my face and like I was going to swim with full lashes on and stuff like that. This is in like grade 10. Like we were 15 years old and I remember not even being able, there was like a gas station close to our um, high school and Sam didn't want to walk there because her eyes would water and then so her makeup would like run or her eyelashes would pop off and like the whole swimming thing, It 100%, that was a thing that we like we all knew and Mm -hmm. came to expect but I can't imagine because I would be jumping into the water with our friends and then Sam would just be trying to like float there and it's like I I can't imagine having to deal with that anxiety around makeup so young yeah and I don't think that people recognize that do you think so coming back to I made a post about this yesterday and someone was really like this is the problem with makeup and how it's perpetuated this idea that we need to like look a certain way or have these contours to our face and all this stuff but I'm like damn like I don't know how to like I don't know how to even answer that because I actually really love makeup and like I love the creative side of it and like there's something so amazing about it but if you were to go back and kind of talk to your 15 year old self like do you know how and why like that became sort of like an anxiety for you was there like a tipping point or is it something that you just kind of reflect back on and say like I grew away from that and um I think that I just was self-conscious and I think that when I started getting into makeup it started because of artistry and because that was where I was starting to express myself um creatively but it became something where I was like oh I I feel so much better I feel like I look so much better and then it was kind of something where I wasn't wearing a little bit of makeup I was wearing a lot of makeup and and for my age especially I was wearing a lot and I was wearing fake lashes to school every day and so to think about having to 
you know, like it's almost like now this is like the the vision of myself that I portrayed. And so if I show up with just mascara on, people mm-hmm. are gonna be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like, like that's like, not you. She's a fake. She's a yeah. Fraud. And, like, and and I wanted I wanted to. I mean, obviously it's ridiculous. People know you're wearing makeup, but like yeah. I wanted to portray myself as always looking this way, and that like I always looked as good as can be, kind of thing. And so it was like just it was absolutely terrifying to think about people seeing me some other way and it's and it's difficult because people do have this opinion about makeup where like this is they think it's you know um like superficial and all this kind of stuff but you're not really looking at the nuance of the situation because for me that's what makeup was originally Mm -hmm. well originally it was artistic and then it became something superficial where like I couldn't live without it and it did it did um you know mess with my own opinion of myself and my vision of myself but for other people it is just fun yeah and so I think that to put this blanket statement on makeup and say like this is just inherently bad it's bad for you because that's your experience because it makes you feel less confident it makes you feel less comfortable and makes you feel like you're not enough without it and I do think that you know women are expected to look a certain way and that's really unfortunate and you know a lot of times people are perceived as not being like put together if they don't have their make which is insane because again that that would never happen with like men like that would yeah never they can be... put on a blazer and it doesn't matter Everything and you're like oh you, you clean up you nice look at <laughs> you you like literally rant like my husband in the morning he gets ready he just like puts his hand under the water and then he runs it through his hair and I was like what <laughs> yeah. how is that a thing like are you kidding me like every once in a while he blows dries his beard and that's like the most I see like I and it bothers me a little bit because it's I, I really care about skin and skincare and I'm like how are you just going to bed without like toning and like moisturizing your face like and so then he like lays in bed and I like go over with like a makeup pad and I like go and I wipe his face clean and I put moisturizer on I'm like I feel like you're just doing this now because you just like like attention but oh my gosh like it, it for me it's, I really like I like the artistry part of it but I also found it was really um cool in my self-care like back I didn't have the experience where I wore a lot of makeup as a teenager I kind of was like I don't know. I was like the bigger girl and I kind of relied on being humorous and whatever. And I wore like wet hair and a bun and like barely any makeup to school. And I was fine with that. But when I was going through the journey of like my weight loss and stuff, there is this one thing that really woke me up to the fact that if I woke up in the morning and I did something that made me feel confident, I acted more confident throughout the day. And that has never changed like regardless of like, it, I no longer identify my worth in it. But if I like wake up in the morning and I'm in like sweats and I'm in like no makeup, I that's, that's an announcement that I'm not being productive that day. Mm. I might hop onto my emails and stuff. I might like annoyingly have to do some things, but that's not me being productive. There's something about like that mindset mode of like put like pulling yourself like there is something and and yeah like it's not the same for everybody and I think that's why it's so hard when we start to say like you know like makeup isn't like makeup's the problem or makeup's this or makeup's that like no like I think it can be different for everybody like you said it might identify or register differently for everybody just like everything does right like some people might be eating a salad because they don't feel like they're worthy of eating a burger and some people might be eating a salad because they just actually really like salad yeah there's only like one salad in the world that I super love but (laughs) that's fine I'm like I'm slowly like I prefer like a bowl like if it has like a rice space and like I want like some more to it like salad I always feel like I just load it up with things like it might as well be spaghetti on top of it it doesn't become like yeah it's not a salad it's not a salad um just kind of looking at everything you're doing so you run this Instagram you have a YouTube now and now you've just launched this podcast which I think is gonna you guys have such a chemistry like I have to say like 
obviously it's very rooted but it's no 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 (laughs) it's very authentic and very charming and it's funny like sitting here because I think when you follow somebody online it's like easy to kind of put them on this pedestal and like dehumanize them a little bit and I think that's why we get into this why troll comments happen so easily or why we're so like available to um some of the negative comments or opinions that kind of happen like objectively as if you're no longer like a person but like sitting here in this room like you guys are like such girls girls like you (laughs) must know that like it's so I don't know it's so refreshing like you know when you're like I've met like one time I met somebody that I followed online that was like a YouTuber that I love and I'm and I like was at an event and she was at it as well and I like chugged a drink and I was like I have to like I have to go up and say something and I went up and I was like I told myself that if like you were here tonight that I would have to come up and like shake your hand like I absolutely love what you're doing and you're so cool and so funny and like just had to say I love you and she was just like oh thanks <laughs> and I was like Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> okay bye how do I just like boom, 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 yeah. out of the room here like I wanted to die and it made me realize that like some people don't transcend the same way and some people are like this like pleasant surprise and that is you like you oh, you, you are like I, I think you're almost even better in real life which is kind of crazy <laughs> just gonna say that if anybody like wants to have the experience of me right now I'm like sitting in your house and they're the sweet little dogs I mean it's just nice it's nice to see somebody who's like killing it in the world but also so relatable and so down to earth and I think you're doing that really well but I don't think that that's a normal experience for everybody how with everything going on you've got this Instagram you've got the YouTube you've got the podcast coming out how do you keep it together what is your self-care like how have you managed to survive I don't keep it together oh okay (laughs) so refreshing I was like do you have anxiety attacks I have anxiety attacks um yeah I I take ashwagandha every day (laughs) yeah I definitely don't um keep it together at all and I and I try to be like as like forthcoming with that as I possibly can but you know people also don't respond well to that because they they look at my life it's the same thing with with body positivity and stuff like Mm -hmm. that they look at your body and they're like well your body's what I want and people look at my life that way and they're like well your life is what I want but they don't how dare you complain yeah Yeah. and and so and so when I say things like I have really really bad depression and you know I'm not keeping it together people are like well I'd kill for what you have yeah so why aren't you and and for me like I you know I I have like a very self-destructive kind of um mentality around things because I'm like I don't want help I want to do this on my own I don't want to have to rely on other people so I turned away from things like therapy and things like antidepressants and stuff like that which I I've I've really needed like I've needed in in certain moments because I just was like no that's weak and I don't want to have to need that like I want to be okay on my own and so um I last year like last January I had like one of the like worst depressive states of my life I couldn't get out of bed I was having a really hard time showering working was like not even like I was calling my manager being like Jess like I can't I can't do this like I can't do this anymore Mm -hmm. I don't know what to tell you like please stop booking me for things I can't do it like I don't want I don't want this anymore yeah and um I at that point ended up going to therapy and now I've been doing that consistently so I go every week um ended up going on antidepressants and stuff like that which for me like it's really hard to keep up with self-care beyond those two things because like I know that like yoga and going to the gym and stuff like that makes me feel better I know that eating better makes me feel better but those things are really hard for me to keep up with because I still have this moment where I'm like 
I feel guilty doing these things for myself when I know that I should should be working, so to speak, because with social media, the amount that you put in is exactly what you get out. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm not committed enough to all of these things, I'm not going to be more successful. I'm not going to make more money. I'm not going to, you know, grow and all of this kind of stuff. And and it's hard because I am already at a disadvantage because I choose to operate with integrity, because I won't take everything that comes my way. I'm turning down work and turning down work and turning down work when I can't really afford yeah. to be doing that. Like I, I should be taking it. But so it, it makes me feel really guilty to to go and take that time for myself when I feel like I should be. Yeah, of course. I mean, like, I just went through, I went to a meeting with my naturopath. We had all this stuff going on with my body. I couldn't figure out why I had all this, like, symptomatic weight gain. And, you know, I wasn't sleeping and my sex drive was all over the place. And and I went and sat down and we did, like, months of tests, like, blood work and urine tests and all this stuff. And and at the end, she kind of, we sit down and she's like, well, we have results. And I, our, I could feel my eyes, like, stinging. Like, but I was, like, waiting for, like, what's the relief? What's the pill I get to take? Like, I'm going to be fine. And then it was basically like your body's on the on the brink of a breakdown. And I was uh-huh. like, what? And she's like, your stress is off the charts. And like, just to be clear, I have 300,000 followers, not 2 million. And that's like <laughs> not nothing. But like, you're right. It is really hard when you're like at the top of your game, quote unquote, and like you're doing all these amazing things and it's good things and it's stuff you love, but it's still too much. And it's really scary when like people are creating this message of, you know, um, you hustle for success and like, you know, busyness is now like glamorized and glorified. Like if you're like the busy mom and like a mom boss and like an entrepreneur woman, like all these different things. And, and it becomes this expectation that if you don't hustle, you don't succeed. And then there's also this side message of, oh, this is only going to last for a while. Like you never know when this will be done. So you might as well make as much as you can because you're not going to have this like in five years from now. And we, I think what happens is it starts to create this fear as if everything we've done is only about like what that number of followers is when we know full well at the end of the day, um, what we've created and what like you've done especially I mean you're a videographer you're an editor you're like a makeup artist you know you're quote-unquote an actress potentially apparently went to school for it um I mean you do all these things and we and we degrade it down to a oh you were an influencer and that's like just all it is and like what if that gets demonetized well actually we're gonna walk away with a killer resume of stuff that you're able to do but for you like what would that what's your career high like if you if this were all to end tomorrow let's say that you just so like done I'm done forever which you're totally allowed to do like I know you've (laughs) taken breaks before but what would like looking back in a positive way what have been your career highs I think honestly like it's so this is not going to be a satisfying answer but um I think that for me the best thing is taking the emphasis off of my career for me huh because I, I've struggled with this throughout my entire career because everyone has looked at my accomplishments and been like, wow, like that's so great. That's so amazing. I can't believe it. Like you've done so well, blah, blah, blah. And like people kind of talk up my accomplishments. But to me, those didn't feel like accomplishments. Like those didn't feel Did like... Did you not have a lipstick that came out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, even stuff like that, I mean, it, it was something where I was like, this is really cool. This feels really full this, circle. Yeah. But it wasn't, it wasn't feeling in my body what it was seeming like to yeah. these other people. And so, you know, that was leading to even more guilt and stuff like that. And, and I think for me, like I really had to 
to, to feel actually proud of these things, to feel confident, to feel like more content with what I had built for myself, I had to actually take that emphasis off of my career and say, that's not everything that I am. Mm-hmm. I'm so many other things. There's so many other things outside of that that make me happy. And so when I started focusing on actually like the external parts of my life that have nothing to do with social media, that's when I started looking back at my life and being like, wow, I'm actually really proud of what I built. But that's separate from the other things that, that is are one pillar of me I was like talking to a therapist the other day um and she explained things about like pillars like yeah. you have anxiety but that's not like who you are like that's a pillar of your life and you have this but that's a pillar like you yeah. have like all these pillars but they're not like what makes us up as like a complete whole and I could totally be misquoting but I really liked what she said or what I just <laughs> ana- like analogize that into um but yeah I think that's really crazy and I think that's important to note because you know me objectively looking at you I'd be like oh but you had a lipstick come out like that's like gotta be a career high I totally expected like something like that to be the answer um but I think coming through it there's obviously moments of pride and like this is really cool but I mean I even had that I just did like another cover of a magazine and I was like I you expect it to be a different feeling yeah and I think that that kind of it's a very I'm very proud of it but it is not I feel at the end of the day what is like the it's most not a defining moment no and it, and it shouldn't be a, like a necessarily a peak point I thought I had one a peak point about two years ago and I'm so glad that like I moved past that because I want there to be peaks and valleys at every single point and I want them to all have value yeah. I think that there is so much value in the dark seasons of our life just as much as they are in the highlights and I think it's important to not just chase the highlights because there becomes like that destination addiction like what if you thought that at one million followers you would have been happy in life and what if you thought you got to a million like what happens there are you just happy forever no yeah more comes out of it right so like that destination addiction just kind of moves on to the next thing well and, and I think that's that's exactly it like for me career-wise it's never going to be enough like I mean because because now you know I have this kind of entrepreneurial spirit mm-hmm. with doing this stuff it's never going to be enough I always want to grow I always want to make more I always want to expand into different businesses and stuff and different projects because that's what's fun and like fulfilling to me career-wise but when you put so much emphasis on only one part of your character then that holds all the weight so that yeah. becomes even more anxiety inducing and even more um, scary to lo- to picture losing because I remember I had called Alyssa at one point last year and I was like, Alyssa, like, I don't know how to step away from this because this is everything that I am. Like, this is everything I've built. And to step away would basically be saying, okay, then I'm just not going to be me anymore because that's all that I am. And, right. and and I had I had to let go of the idea that me as a person wasn't just my career and what I had built, but but all of these other things were equally as important. And when I started putting importance, you know, spreading it around kind of thing, then that suddenly wasn't as scary. Like the idea of like losing everything isn't as scary to me anymore because I'm like, mm-hmm. that's not everything though. Yeah. You know, like I still have my partner. I still have my family. I still have my friends. I still have my dogs. I have my other interests. I have all of this experience mm-hmm. and and I just don't do that as a job anymore I think that's I think that's so cool that you said that because it's really difficult I think anybody who is branded themselves yeah. there's a lot of people who've done yeah. it and we we don't have that separation between work and life yeah because you look at somebody let's say like an executive in a company and they start at nine in the morning and oh we like they're such hard workers they work 60 hours a week they, they don't come home till seven o'clock and all that stuff but they still come home yeah and they don't have that work and maybe it's on their mind and maybe it's buzzing in the background but it is not reliant on like how they show up as a human being or 
if they misstep this small, like the small thing and this like part, like I think there's been a million mistakes that we've probably said like misstepped things and different things like that and it becomes like you're right it becomes like a character attack yeah and it's like really hard I think when you yeah like your brand is like you as a person and you're creating this trust and stuff and you also don't have the chance to be a real human like what if I make a mistake that's yeah. the one thing can I be honest like why I was so scared about starting a podcast because I kept thinking everything else I write down and I have a chance to look at it and I have a chance to read it and I have a chance to reflect. And when you're talking, you're just like, it's an outpour. And Ugh. what if I say the wrong thing? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're going through that right now too, because it, it, it is, it's so scary. And, and, and I really struggle with this because, you know, I, I think it's important to hold people accountable. Absolutely. I don't think that people should just get away with everything, but you know, when we get into this this uh, mentality of like this cancel culture that's become so so huge, it, it really does come down to the fact that like we aren't you're 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 setting a, a stage of where we aren't allowed to make mistakes. But the reality is that like for me, I started doing this when I was nineteen. Mm-hmm. You know, like obviously I didn't have it all figured out. I still don't, mm-hmm. and I'm going to make mistakes throughout my early twenties and the rest of my life. And and it's unfortunate because people want to like hold this mistake over your head forever. And it, and it gets you to a point where you're like, well, can I be honest? Can I say these things? And we're going through that right now with a podcast where we feel so like, ugh, like this is should, a new kind of vulnerable. Yeah. And like, should we even release this topic? Because we feel like, did we do our due diligence? Did, uh, did like I say something that I shouldn't have said? Like, are people going to take this the wrong way? Like, it's so it's so hard to even <laughs> like operate no, because I you're so scared. 100% know what you mean. Like I had this one girl on my podcast and she uh, kept referring to women uh, like in fat bodies and stuff like that and I just kept being like oh my god this is gonna can you not and then she goes and for those of you that don't know me I'm very like integrated into like the fat communities and a lot of women while they still I like to identify the word as like plus size a lot of them also like to if anybody's listened they probably already heard Kenzie's episode but she talks about like how fat has been like reclaimed and it's like Mm. a now power word so she's like so I'd like to speak into both and I was like oh like amazing so now I think the education piece around it kind of like alleviates that and and I think sometimes we forget that like yeah could you imagine if everybody's life we just like looked back and we're like hey remember that thing you did in high school (laughs) you're a piece of shit now like no like no like we we've all learned and we've grown and there's so much changes especially when we're in this space of it went from being incredibly curated and now everyone wants to be relatable and then you're relatable and then you share too much and like you know, somebody said to me the other day, they're like, maybe you should stop spreading your legs for the internet and go and have, <gasps> go and spread them for your husband. And I was like, excuse me? Oh like, and, but like, and then other people are like, thank you for being like real and relatable. Or like, thank you for this. And it's like, it just reminds you of the fact that like, you're never going to win. You can yeah. never really make everybody happy. And I think what I've come down to trying to remind myself of is I, yeah, again, like I'd rather be uncomfortable and having the conversations and doing something that I think... I think at the end of the day, there's something about podcasts and there's something about um, being able to put your phone down and listen and like, I don't know, like tune out and like learn something from somebody new. Like you, I wouldn't have heard these stories from you like if it wasn't for a conversation like this. And I think that that's why this medium is growing is that we're kind of getting tired of like pictures and stuff. We want to start like feeding our minds in a new way. But speaking in terms of like our minds and our progress and our growth and all these things. Alyssa, you've been like a friend in this. So how has it been being a support system to somebody like Samantha? Um, You're like (laughs) not in the world, but you're now seeing the world and it must be such an experience for you. 
<coughs> Thanks again for the intro cough. Yeah, <laughs> that's your signature move now. I why well, actually I I struggle from chronic sinusitis. So what is that? It's oh my goodness. I have many body ailments, which okay. I could do a whole podcast about. But I um, hope you do. I can't wait. <laughs> but it's um it's basically just like a chronic sinus infection, and oh. they can't figure out why. They think it's my tonsils because I have diseased tonsils. So I'm trying to get those bad boys out but anyway I do I disease tonsils that's yes. like what they're called yeah oh yeah. man that's like such an awful thing to yeah. have to live with I'm Ye- sorry it's my disease tonsil yeah well and it's annoying because um a lot of doctors because I've had this for like three years now and we did mm. all the tests we did ct scans we did um they checked if I had a deviated septums nasal poly- polyps like <laughs> that we've done our due diligence and nobody had except for my mom she's gonna be like I told you so um <laughs> said that it was my tonsils and then Sam and I we do everything together <laughs> she was at my dentist appointment the other day you're kidding <laughs> <laughs> and we oh. were there because I have um why were we there because uh, you were getting the thing made oh yeah sorry because we were there because I have TMJ and so um okay. they wanted to give me an appliance and he was like oh, you clear your throat a lot. Like, do you realize that your tonsils are, like, very diseased? And I was like, oh, no. He's like, if I open my mouth and I had those in my in my throat, I would be, like, ripping them out. And I'm like, <gasps> cool. So basically, long story short, I'll probably not be so ill in the future. <laughs> but I am. You're, I'm, you're, I'm chronic, I chronically have the flu. Um, oh, my gosh. So yeah. your intro cough, cough is, like, a little bit of a signature right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. To your question, it – I feel like from the very beginning – of Sam's career, like when she was talking about um, uh, when you asked her about her like big career moments, the first one for me, honestly, would have been like, I think it was even before you maybe had Instagram or you were like quite small, I'm air quoting, but small at the time. And she had invited me to come to this photo shoot where she was trying on these clothes for a company that was, I, I, I can't remember what it was, but it was just like, it never came to fruition anyway. But um I was just so proud of her. I was like looking in, like sitting in a chair, just like in this like smallish studio um, with it was I, it was just such small scale from what I've seen from her now. And at that moment, I was just like, wow, this is so freaking cool. Like I was like, <laughs> my friend is boss and um, like moving on from that, just like the silver hair trend and um, people in my line of work. Because I used to be in the bar and restaurant industry being like, you know, Samantha, like, oh, my goodness, she's so beautiful. Can you like can you like get a picture or like whatever? And I'm just like, this is crazy. Um, but it's been yeah, it's been really cool, like navigating um my relationship with her because I worry sometimes like what do people think of me in that instance too like Mm -hmm. do they think that I'm especially because we've started this podcast together and because I live with her and because Sam is so generous as a friend yeah I'm like do people I think I brought this up to you the other day I'm like do people think I'm a freaking clout chaser like I don't know (laughs) a what chaser clout like I never even heard that term (laughs) it's like where you like try to hang out with famous people or whatever um I mean look at you go if you are yeah (laughs) Yeah. I really played the long game (laughs) 10 years ago 10 years ago I invested in this girl she had an energy (laughs) I switched classes to sit next to her no um But it's been it's been really inspiring. And I've said this so many times. I really struggled um, with trying to find my passions. And one day Sam just sat me down and she was like, I can't listen to you talk about or no, she said, I can't talk to you about this anymore because it makes me so angry because you have so much potential. Oh, yeah. And um, every time she was just I could cry every time she was (laughs) like, you do know what you want to do. You do know what you love. You're just not investing in yourself. And so finally she was like, I'm really worried about you. I'm going to cry. She was 
like I'm really worried about you and um, I think that you need to make some changes or I'm really like concerned for you. And so I, I literally went back to Toronto and I quit my job and oh. I moved in with Sam and that's when we kind of like started the podcast and stuff. And this is pretty recent for you. Yeah, no, it's it, it was a huge like life change and um e- like every single day, even when I first got here because I was in the bar industry, I used to do my makeup every single day. Yeah. And I put on cute outfits and now like you're looking at me, I have no makeup on. <laughs> and I mean you're adorable as shit though, so it doesn't <laughs> really matter. You. But you guys a- are also wearing matching pants, which I would <laughs> like everyone to be aware of. <laughs> we not are- even like it's not just like, oh, they have the same style jeans. You're basically <laughs> twins right now. Yeah. You both have like a grayish whitish hoodie and like camo leggings I just hilarious I I honestly wonder if people sometimes think that we're twins or something because we do everything together and we (laughs) we're often matching yeah but amazing (laughs) but with with the podcast and stuff because I'm it's it's just like such a new foray into Mm -hmm. this world for me and even yesterday I came to Sam because we got our first kind of like update email from our managers and people were saying some stuff and it really hit me deep and Sam's like I'm basically talking you off the same ledge that I have to talk myself off every single day yeah because it's like oh I got a math equation wrong or um what I said about a topic wasn't that person's experience with the topic and I'm Mm. just like who am I to be putting this out and like am I fact checking enough? Like, am I an expert? Like, is this even my place? And imposter syndrome. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And she's basically having to say like, okay, but that's one person out of the 69,000 people that watch that podcast. Yeah. Who has something to say about it. Um, but I just, it's, it's so amazing to watch somebody you love so deeply, uh, I don't want to say successful because that puts kind of like a monetary value, but believe in their passions so much yeah. that they're willing to be like, no, I'm not going to follow that nine to five, go to university. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, which is great for some people and, and whatever, but it, it's so inspiring to watch that person and be like, okay. And then I reached this goal. What goal can I reach now? Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's so nice to see that you have kind of supported her throughout all of this because I've lost friends through this journey and it's been really hard because like admittedly as a bad friend at times, because I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to do it all. I didn't know how to balance. I didn't know how to like, like you were saying, like, you know, Samantha had to kind of talk you off the ledge, the same ledge that she's talking yourself off of. Like, that's kind of the hard thing when you're putting so much of yourself out there. And I kind of retracted from a lot of friendships and I didn't mean to hurt anybody. I definitely like lost some friends just because they straight up like didn't like my Instagram fame or like there was like some jealousy. Like there's a lot of like stuff that can happen. But like I literally, sometimes I feel so guilty about the fact that I invest basically in one friend. And even with that, I mean, she invests way more because she's so good at meeting me where I'm at. Like we have really busy lives. And so we like do Costco runs together or we do these different things that like work in the lifestyle. Cause I'm like, I don't know. I have so like, you're giving so much of yourself. It's really hard to find friends that can, you know, meet you where you're at or like move as friends through that when like, you know, like Sam, like you're, you're giving so much of yourself all the time. So it's hard to like have that friendship. So I think you guys are like, obviously found us like a little bit of a magic equation. Yeah. Well, and I think for me, like, because in the beginning, people weren't like, like people that I knew personally weren't supportive of it at all. Like they, they thought it was so like stupid and like superficial kind of thing. And they were like, oh, okay, wow, you're really like investing in your beauty and like hoping that's going to work out. But like, 
so <laughs> it, it is and like and it did thank you by the way everyone listening it worked out <laughs> but you know like Alyssa from the beginning was really like just supportive of it all she thought it was really cool kind of thing but I also know that like that friendship never changed like she was never going to stay my friend if I was being a bad friend or if we were mm-hmm. in a falling out just because of who I was because yeah. we did we have had falling outs and yeah. it didn't matter who I was or wasn't and and you know like it doesn't it's not like she paid more attention to me when I was more successful because she was just living her own life and she knew that we were, we just genuinely were friends like that's not a part of our friendship at all like when yeah. we when we are together we don't talk at all about my life as an influencer mm-hmm. because it's not a it's not a part of our friendship which I think is so interesting because I think there's so much information about how to like make male-female relationships work or romantic relationships work, but there's not a lot on friendship. And I think one of the hardest experiences I've ever gone through is like a friend divorce. Oh yeah. There's so nothing hard. there. I'm like, we don't even get to talk about it. There's no like resolve to it. We just like live different lives now and like pretend like that never happened. Like it's really, really hard. Yeah. Um, And it's made me like I, one thing that I always remind myself of when I'm dealing with my best friend Ariana is like sometimes we have made each other upset like ac- accidentally obviously not purposeful but it happens and there's a part of me that's like if I don't friggin like there was one point this is like so shallow of me but she was hanging out <laughs> with this new friend that she like obviously you know when you meet someone new and they're like a shiny new person and yeah. you're just like she was in that phase and she was like spending a lot of time with this person they were working together and they were doing all this stuff and I was like so jealous that there was so much going on that I wasn't a part of that I wasn't being invited to and all of these things and it started to like I felt so left out and I I recognized immediately that I was being shorter with her, that I was like not really being a great friend. But there's not a lot of like tools and like salt, like relationship help books when it comes to like having a strong friendship. And I remember texting her being like, this is going to be like, and I'm such a conflict avoider. And I just remember <laughs> thinking like, this is going to be so uncomfortable. Like, how am I going to have this conversation with her? And I was just like, I've been a shitty friend. Like, you haven't known it, but I've been, like, jealous and I've been short and I've been all these things because I felt this. And she was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, I'm so glad you said that. Like, I'm sorry. It's just the circumstances of, like, me working with this person and obviously spending a lot of time together. And, like, I'm. it was so dumb, but it was – I needed to, like, validate the fact that that's, like, where I was at and what I was feeling. And then I remember another time, like, I said something online in a comment to somebody else that actually really hurt her. And I didn't mean to, obviously. And she called me out on it. And there's a part of that that I was like, I understand now that we call each other out on the stuff that hurts us because we actually care about it working out. Yeah. There's actually part of it that's like the friendship doesn't mean like you go to just the dentist together apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's like a relationship that needs sometimes just as much work and not everyone lives together and like shares lives in that way. And so it takes a little bit more intention and time. And I think in this in this age of social media, it's very easy to just like oh, I'm friends with you because I know what's happening in your life. But do I know you and do I know what's going on there? So it's, I don't know, I'm finding it so fascinating like sitting here and talking to you guys and you've like worked out how this kind of like works out for you. And and I think that's really, really cool. A couple last things I want to ask you, Sam. Um, What do you wish you knew before you started? Like if you could look back now before all this started, what do you wish you knew? I don't know it's so hard because like on one hand like I would I I wish that I was less ignorant to a lot of things Mm -hmm. but on the other hand I'm like I I like the person that I'm becoming and so I would be scared to to tell myself anything that could interfere with that because I'm really I'm really I'm proud of my growth I'm proud of like 
you know, the things that I've been able to overcome. I'm proud of the things that I've been um, like aware of in myself. And a lot of that came through my mistakes. But, you know, I would be scared to 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 interfere with that at all because I don't want to change the course of this is the most disappointing answer too. No, I don't think it is. I don't think it is because I think it's real. And I think it's, it's sometimes I think we often look back on life and we're like, oh, I wish that that didn't happen. I wish that that pain never happened. Like I, I remember when I was going through my divorce and stuff, I kept thinking like, why me? Like, what did I yeah. do? Like, why, what made me deserve to have to go through this pain? And what I didn't recognize was that there was so much going on in there that was a lesson that would lead me into, honestly, if I met my husband now and I had never had that marriage before and I never had had all those years of learning and like going through like the pain of a divorce, I wouldn't be able to appreciate what every single day means in a different relationship. And I would meet him and I would 100% take him for granted. And I know that now. Like I know that like all of that before was meant to like build me into a stronger person today. I understand now that that weight loss and that like self-perfecting made me into having a greater insight of all these things now I understand that like my weight loss was not the most important thing about me but it taught me something I'm not going to be ashamed of it but it taught me so much more and so I think that that's not an uninteresting answer an unsatisfying answer I think it's just very real I think it's very like honoring to like I I don't think everything has to be splashy and exciting for it to be like relatable (laughs) I mean that would have been cool too but (laughs) (laughs) maybe you can prepare that for next time (laughs) okay last question I'm ready for you. What are you geeking out on right now? Ooh. Hmm. What am I? Well, I feel like, honestly, the podcast, because we've been so, like, hyper-focused on it. Really? Yeah, just because, like, we're trying to figure out, like, okay, how can we make this better? Like, how can we make this, like, so interesting, so, like, satisfying to listen to kind of thing? And we're trying to just really, like, set our sights there. And for me, like, I love a new project. Yeah. Because I do get really, like, just, like, burnt out kind of thing doing the same stuff all the time so that's kind of what that's okay I lied not my last answer not my last question (laughs) okay just kidding um what made you guys do the podcast tell us what it's about I want people to understand like you guys again like you have this like crazy chemistry so I think it's going to be so fun to listen to but it's called approachable where did that come from what is like the roots of what you're doing if you even have a plan I mean you could be like me and just be like I don't know (laughs) just doing Um, stuff I honestly, somebody asked me this the other day and I was like, I can't even remember who brought it up. But um, I, when I moved in here, was it you, Sam, that said you wanted to start a podcast? Yeah. Well, because I had gone on um, my friend Sammy's podcast. Okay. And, uh, and I was like, oh, this is like so, I had been toying around with the idea of doing it. And then I had gone on her podcast and I was like, oh, this is like actually really fun kind of thing. And then, so we kind of started talking about it. I was like, oh, it'd be kind of cool. And then Sam, I kept bringing it up and then Sam kept like being like, yeah, for sure. And then I was like, okay, like I know, I feel like I know Sam pretty well. And so I'm like, if I keep bringing it up, it's going to be off the table. And so (laughs) I stopped bringing it up. And then one day she just like came back from somewhere or whatever and was like, okay, so let's do this podcast. And I was like, yes. (laughs) I'm ready. Here's the equipment. (laughs) And um, yeah, so we kind of started trying to um, first, what came first was we were trying to figure out a name so that we could kind of like figure out what our vibe was. Yeah. And then that didn't work. 
And then so we were like, okay. Wait, what was the original? Do you have like an original name and then you landed on this? No, it was more so just like the way we were going about it. Okay, gotcha. And then so we were like, okay, let's try to figure out what our vibe is. And so we sat down and we just kind of started like shooting out like adjectives and words and stuff like that, um, trying to figure out what our message was. And it was things like, okay, let's chat or like let's talk or something (laughs) like that. Like it was, it wasn't as exciting as you'd think. But then at some point somebody said like, I want like I want to make these topics like approachable and then like Sam and I both looked at each other and we were like (laughs) and we quickly googled if that name was taken and it wasn't (laughs) I love that yeah I jokingly called mine the papaya podcast and now I can't get rid of it and then someone was like do you know that papayas kind of look like vaginas and I was like vagina power now that's what we're doing (laughs) papayas forever I was like it's not it didn't mean to be that way I was like we're just nicknaming it until it ends up being like we have an actual name and I was like well we never found one so it's still the papaya podcast I like like it but yeah basically um our message I think is just to have conversations and I don't think that we need them to be um like super crazy or whatever like they can just be whatever but we just if you wanna... guys want to sit and talk about like earwax and dentist appointments I would listen <laughs> we're gonna make that more approachable for you thank you <laughs> I feel seen I feel heard you feel validated yeah <laughs> yeah so like you're do you guys have like um inspiring podcasts that you listen to that kind of spurred that on? Like Sam, you're saying you're geeking out on it right now, but there like you being a guest on one, was it were you a podcast listener before that? I was, but not really like personal podcasts, so okay. much more so like storytelling ones. Oh yeah, like the Up and Vanished. And, yeah, like, and like Doctor Death and like I Dear John. To that one. Oh, oh Dear John God, was you... Wait, no, Dear John? Dirty John. Dirty John. Dirty John. Dirty John. John. I was like, wait, is there another one? (laughs) Yeah, I've listened to them all. I was the same way. I really like the storytelling ones, but then there's something like a lot of the more relatable ones made me kind of check out of like, I don't know, the everyday stuff. It made me feel like I could, especially in those times where you kind of feel lonely. I think we don't realize like how that's like such a thing for a lot of people, regardless of what their life looks like. So when you get to sit down and like listen to somebody else's story and find that like relatability, I think that's really cool. I'm very excited for you guys. I think it's going to be a smash hit. Thank Thank you. I'm also excited for you to deal with your disease tonsils. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) Do you also have an Instagram? I do have an Instagram. Um, but it's not like a thing for you. I just like want to make sure people really. know who you are. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean. We I, wanted to follow this journey of your yeah. disease. <laughs> yeah. I, we, we need updates. We need updates. I basically post my cat on my stories and that's where it lands. But if you guys want to see him, he's perfect. And it's just. Oh, at, perfect. That's at, hilarious. Yeah. At Alyssa Nick Anderson, I guess. I don't know. That's amazing. You I'll see link my it. Cat? I'll link it. I'm going to do the things. That's really exciting. Honestly, thank you both so, so much. It has been lovely we've been here for like two and a half hours just like straight (laughs) talking and it's so fun um I will definitely add all the links but like yeah thanks for your time thanks for lending your voice and Sam your story it's uh really cool really really cool thank you it was really fun well friends thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode for more information on this episode check out the show notes or find us on instagram at the papaya podcast and if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would please share it simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your instagram stories and don't forget to tag us Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then.